We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so without me. I said, so I have a question. If I read this article from the Drudge Report, from off the press, if I read it, it's published in the Washington Times, will my YouTube channel be taken down? I say, who cares? Lockdowns had little or zero, no impact on COVID-19 deaths, new study shows. Where is the new study from? It's that place, those anarchist bastards, Johns Hopkins University. Yes, it's true. A study proves that 0.2 is the likelihood that it had any effect, any effect on the deaths from the Pfizer flu. Can you believe this? Next, they'll be telling me that those dirty pieces of diaper people are wearing on their face, yelling at other people to put on, that has no effects either. Then, before you know it, they'll be confessing that the vaccine has not only not done any good, but may have caused some harm. Oh, my word. What will happen when common sense returns to America after the Democrat frenzy of stupidity? When you look back at this time in our history, when we're old people, the young people are bitter, and they have no trust for any government affiliation because, after all, they'll deserve it. When they realize they've been lied to for two years in what really is the largest banking fraud scam ever perpetrated on humanity, well, the COVID vaccine virus debacle was captivating America and the world. Because the only thing that's really happened since the beginning is that our economic situation has gotten parabolically worse at every turn. At every turn. In fact, it's all one giant ruse, one giant lie, and now they're hiding behind the word inflation when the fact of the matter is they're not completely sure it is inflation. What they do know is that dollar you carry around, that you're working for, it just equals less and less buying power, less and less security, and they need to tax you more and more. They just have to get creative. As a consumer, I've seen uh, skyrocketing prices with food and everything. I figure I put a little music in the background, a little Teddy Pendergrass, to soften the blow, the reality of what happens when you have a dementia patient whose socks are wet, and he can't figure out if it's Tuesday or July, and he's in charge of all the policies. Gas, whatever. Everything's been going up lately. Blame it on the Democrats. Now you think Trump was in office and everything was great. Biden's in office and everything goes to Prices have gone skyrocketing high. Eggs are gone up, milk's gone up, shelves are empty. Uh, 
last, for the last six months. Just looking at the prices going up and our grocery bill going through the roof. Where I normally go to eat out, it's costing more to, like if I go up to Hip Hop Chicken to get a 10 piece was $12 and now it's $15. I feel like it's like a little bit of an increase. On Hip Hop Chicken has had a 50% increase in prices. This isn't good for anybody. Everything, so it's just like $20, $30 more than my total cost. Meat prices, I don't even... First of all, I want to get a hip-hop chicken franchise. I did not know they existed, but I like the sound of that. I don't want to buy steaks anymore. It's, you know, the shelves are empty, no produce, no meat. The supply lines are short. I don't know that that's causing the inflation, but... I think now the Democrats have problems. When hip-hop chicken has a 50% increase. We've got some big problems. I don't know if Kamala Harris will be giggling about that. We did it, Joe. You're going to be the next president of the United States. <laughs> I cannot wait till they impeach the diaper wearer and put Miss Likely in there. It's going to be wonderful. There's always a renewed national debate every time we uh, nominate any president nominates a justice because the Constitution is always evolving slightly. Uh, Constitution's always evolving slightly. That's not in the paperwork. Is that in the paperwork? The Constitution's always evolving slightly? Uh, in terms of additional rights or curtailing rights, etc. Curtailing rights, etc.? Oh, that, that must be what's going on here. <laughs> it all makes sense to me now. So in other words, when you took our businesses, when you put us under house arrest, when you told us what we could do, our movement, when you demand that we put an experiment in our body, you're just curtailing rights. Oh, it all makes sense. Now, now I understand. How could you people elect this idiot? It's always an issue. It's always an issue, all right. The issue is he doesn't know if it's Tuesday or July. The issue is you've got an idiot in charge who believes it's his obligation and some court that he decides has power to curtail your rights. It's just the evolution of the Constitution and the implementation of tyranny. And that's how it, I want you to look at every single topic. Every single topic. That's what's at place. That's what our reality now is. So when you see the laws changing, when you see the judges that are more interested in protecting the perpetrators, it'll make sense to you. See, things are changing. They're just a change in a little bit. And that fentanyl and that crime that we all have gotten accustomed to, this is just the beginning. Because one thing is for sure, they're going to double down on this kind of stupidity. And it doesn't matter when Americans, when American parents have to come on and talk about their kids that were murdered by gang-banging cartel members who, by the way, on top of it, happen to not be citizens. What did you think Joe Biden was going to do for you, and what hasn't he done for you? Well, I thought he was going to, you know, talk for the American people, basically, and not for himself. And in the year that he's been in office, what have you experienced? Besides, obviously, a tragedy involving your daughter and the lack of sending this guy who did it to your daughter away? Absolutely nothing. I'm, I'm sorry. I hope, I hope this did you know, don't sound wrong, but I, I don't feel anything. I don't feel that he has done anything but disappoint. And these are people that voted Democrat. Every clip I have of someone who lost a child is a Democrat 
who voted for the very misery they're experiencing. What is your message to the Biden administration when it comes to border policies? Well, my message is look out for the American people first. Oh, no, that was the other guy. That was the chubbier guy, the one who could finish a sentence, the one who could speak in clarity and could answer questions, the one who wasn't having propagandists run cover for him. You want you voted for the guy when you voted Democrat who wanted America last, who wanted America weak, who wanted America bankrupt, who wanted America in danger. That's who you voted for. And now, look, it's a tragedy. Your offspring was murdered by an illegal alien that probably got a free ride on Biden air. He probably was imported to the city just to kill your daughter and maybe some other people, not to mention deliver some fentanyl. Let's not forget about the fentanyl. After all, they're making $100 million a month in the fentanyl business. I wonder if that chicken, they had a 50% increase in prices, but not fentanyl. Yet I, something tells me the fentanyl cartel business is a little more profitable than, uh, what was the name of that chicken place? Hip hop chicken. Hip hop chicken doesn't have quite the prospectus as the Sinaloa, Sinaloa cartel. Not quite the future. Not, not at all. Because truth be told, this was literally my first time voting and I voted for you. And I feel disappointed right now. Well, you blew it. And uh, unfortunately, when you vote Democrat, that's what happens. See, wherever they are, there's nothing but mayhem and failure. And how many people knew exactly what Biden felt about immigration? Did anybody ask him these questions in the debates? Since the one-year anniversary of the Family Reunification Task Force, as you know, Secretary Mayorkas has told NBC News that the White House is 100% supportive of permanent legal status for families separated at the border. Is that a- So now are we going to give them the 940000 or did you take that off the table? Now we're just going to make them permanently legal regardless of anything? statement so we stand by secretary mayorkas you stand by secretary mayorkas oh that's good and he obviously proposed uh, an immigration bill on his first day in office and beyond that he has taken steps to protect daca recipients ended the muslim ban and the public charge rule put together the family reunification task force restarted the central american minors program that the previous administration ended extended or newly desi- newly designated temporary protected status for a number of countries and worked with dhs to give clear guidance for internal enforcement and he opened up social services and welfare so in other words he incentivized people to be illegal aliens he incentivized people to be fentanyl dealers and what did he do for the mothers who lost their kids what did he do for the mothers who lost their kids to people who were killed in a numerous plethora of atrocities committed by people who were not supposed to be here not to mention how many people on the terror watch list has he let through what did he do for the american people Because we know what he did for the criminals, and we know what he's going to keep doing for the criminals. What's he going to do for the American people? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I have an idea. Something tells me what he's going to do for the American people is tax you. Oh, but he is. He's going to tax you, and then he's going to implement arbitrary rules that mean nothing and make no sense, like putting you under house arrest, like mandates, like masking, like telling your kids how to be little slaves from a very young age and it'll all be worth it right that's what happens when a democrat's in office and it doesn't matter what office this is a mafia a marxist mafia and the perpetrators are never penalized ed i'll take you first when i get back 312 
642-5600. I'll be back after this. AM560, the answer. Here's why you never give an inch. Here's why. Because once you're used to the abuse, once you're used to the taxation, when they're running for re-election, these necklace slobs like Pritzker, this trust fund butter-handed spoiled brat who never worked a day in his life, it's election year. So guess what his solutions are? That's to take away just a little percentage of the abuse you've become oh so used to. Governor J.B. Pritzker is set to unveil his budget proposal later this week, and it includes tax relief for Illinois residents. The governor's office says his budget proposal aims to tackle inflation by providing almost $1 billion in tax cuts. See, now, that is such a scam. That's $1 billion they assume they would receive from taxation. So they're going to give you a little bit of a relief, and they're going to make it sound like they're doing you a favor. Look at you. You're going to save a little bit more of your taxation. That includes suspending the 1% sales tax on groceries for a year, freezing the fuel tax at 39 cents per gallon. Oh, so you're only going to pay 39 cents a gallon. See, what the innuendo is, you're used to paying 54 cents. But now we're going to do you a favor. You see, you slave, you're only going to pay 39 now. Why? Why do I got to pay 39? People who produce it, they already pay on it. People who deliver it, they pay on it. People who sell it pay on it. And the consumer pays on it. Seems to me you're in a better position than the oil company, than the transportation company. You're in a better position than any gas station. Seems to me you guys are just a two-bit mafia. And providing a property tax rebate of up to $300. Ooh, a whole $300. So for all of you morons who are paying 18000 16000 12000 8000 you're going to get $300 back. See how good it is to be a slave? You'll get used to it. Ed Oakbrook. Yeah, you know what, Sean? Uh, I, I think you know me from the old hood. But anyway, whenever you call these slavs, these scumbags, mafia, you know what? You hurt me because you almost give these people dignity. And that is so wrong. They are nothing but humanoids, sheep, wolves. And, and you know what? You read that list that they you read that list from that Jen Psaki or Psaki, whatever her name is. Uh-huh. Every one of the things that she said hurt this country, and yet she's so freaking proud about it. That's what I don't understand. Ed, I'm going to change your mind. Because in your mind, you're, we, they program us too, right? We watch old movies from the neighborhood, and they have guys who present themselves as heterosexual and manly and tough <laughs> guys, right? Those are the guys they want right. you to believe is the mafia. But those guys go to prison. Who never goes to prison? The best mafia in town comes with a pension, and it's called the Democrat Mafia. Thank you, Ed. I'll convince you sooner or later. Teresa, Gold Coast. Hey, Sean. Um, you know, this is what happens when you trust politicians. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. They all speak like they're your friends, and they're not. They're in it for themselves, always have been, always will be. Don't expect anything from them because you'll get well, I, nothing. I, I was interested in Pritzker, a 1% food tax. What do you mean 1% food tax? When I go to the grocery store, I pay 8%. We talking about one percent. Oh yeah, and you know what he's yeah, talking me too. about, don't you? We were levied a special yeah. tax during the whole thing, so yeah. he's going to take that off. But just for the election year, and you know what? Yeah. For the morons who buy their their groceries with government welfare EBT cards, that doesn't matter to them. They're he's doing, no, he's doing a favor, right? He's doing a favor. Yeah. So this is why it's yeah. good news when they get down to what's the name of the chicken place, kid? Pete. Hip-Hop Chicken. When Hip-Hop Chicken has a 50% increase, 
then we're going to get some attention. So I'm all for hip-hop chicken and the inflation woes. If they were only selling fentanyl, they'd really be raking it in. Thank you very much, Teresa. Randy, Wisconsin. Hey, Sean, how are you doing? Wonderful. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Hey, man, I love the show. Thank you. Uh, I usually catch you when I'm leaving work. And I just wanted to check in and see if you guys are covering uh, Bill HB 4244 for the mandatory vaccine registry and HB 4640 for quarantining that's apparently going to be on the floor tomorrow. Um, The people of Illinois need to get on this. Randy, brother, the people of Illinois are victims. Yeah, but they're going to be victimized. You know who's on the floor voting, right? If they want to park close to the door, they got to rub Madigan's knees, right? If they want to get (laughs) close to the door. So to pretend like the Illinois, oh, the Illinois citizens are going to put up a fight. The Illinois citizens have been overthrown by the corrupt mafia called the representatives that are in the state house, right? Because those crooked bastards. They could give a rip what the people want or rather to represent them. They're drunk on the high of ruling over them because for the first time in their miserable lives, like the guy who took over from Madigan, his name isn't even worth learning. Let's just call him Madigan Light. For the first time in his life, aside from when he used to beat up his wife, from the first time in his life, he feels like a man. See, so he gets to pretend to be a god now, which is why to me, the only resort you have is to pack up the car, save your kids. Thank you, Randy. I appreciate it. Jim in LaGrange. Hey, Sean. How are you? Going back to the border situation and uh, illegals crossing and, unfortunately, innocent people, innocent American citizens dying. Wouldn't it have been great, Sean, if that Border Patrol agent who was giving the esteemed Homeland Security Secretary an airfoil, would have been great if he just whipped the cuffs out and arrested them on the spot for breaking our laws? You know, isn't it something that that, there's grounds for that? Because Mayorkas... The Biden administration is in dereliction of duty. They do not have the authority to nullify our immigration laws. They do not have the authority, but yet here they are doing it. So it would be nice if the people who have the authority to arrest lawbreakers actually arrested them. That would have been that would have made my day. I like it, Jim. Thank you very much. We can dream. We can dream. We can hope. And uh, we can envy the groundhog. Don Bloomingdale. Sean, I used to know a guy who had a used car lot over on Mannheim in Stone Park and used to double the price of the car, hang a balloon on it, and say it was half off. This yeah. is the same thing. They doubled the gas tax last year. They, <laughs> they doubled the gas tax last year, and now he's going to give it's, us a little bit back? I love Are you it. kidding me? I love it. This is why an abused wife thinks a good day is when her husband doesn't walk in the door and punch her in the face. That's That's what happens. People get used to that kind of abuse. You get used to it. Then you start asking, what do you want to eat, honey? This is what we do. We ask these politicians, is it okay if I open my business today? Is it okay? Is it okay if if I send my kid out of the house without a mask? Can I go see my mom? She's in the hospital. Can I go see her? Look at what we've become. We've become the battered housewife. And this is what the politician knows. And Chris Walsh, he knows all about a battered housewife. He practices that. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Oh, I'm sorry, Chris. Do you got a problem with that? Well, you could pretend to be a man. Visit another man. See how that flies. Huh? Tough guy? You don't impress me. Uh, none of these Democrats do. I can't stand Democrats. You know what else I hate about Democrats? I hate how they're bald-faced con artists. I hate how they could lie about a very, very simple question. Like here. Here's a question that anybody wanted to ask Joe Biden. After all, he's a good old-fashioned Democrat. Hey, Joe, uh, 
you know, now that you're elected, or I guess, now that you sit in the office, you usurped, um, you want to answer any kind of question about what do you think about babies and, you know, the whole issue about life? When do you think it begins? Anybody want to ask him? The president has said in the past he does not believe that life begins at conception. When does he believe it begins? You know the president's position? He believes in a woman's right to choose. And he's spoken... He's spoken to this in the past, so and I know you ask this every time you come in here, which is you're you're. We should ask that other judge if the if they're not 26 and their cerebral cortex is developed, do they get to choose? Absolute right, but I don't think I have anything new to reveal for you. The question is, when does he believe life begins? And it's central to the debate over the question of a baby's viability. And pro-life Americans, don't you agree, should know where the president stands and is thinking on this. It's a fundamental question. The president believes in a woman's right to choose. Go ahead. President doesn't even know what you're talking about, but, but Pippi Lystocking believes it. See, when you really want to know who's making up these decisions, it's these nameless bureaucrats that no one elected. These are the people running the country. So when you see it collapsing foreign policy, economically, the social tranquility, understand this isn't that old man you know, in a diaper, the one who can't figure out which one is the door and which one is the bathroom. This isn't him. These are all of these Marxist bureaucrats, all of the little mafia members pretending to be important because some of us dead, alive, existing, not legal. Some of us wanted these people in charge. Now get to wear it. I'll do tyranny better than you. 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. Fly me to the moon. Now you're talking. Let me play up there with those stars. Let me see what life is like. On you know, I used to, uh, my cousin and I had a, had, a, had a social club for years. Played this constantly. It brings a smile to my face. A better time. A time when it wasn't so obvious we were being subverted by the Marxist mafia. A time when even Democrats had a certain standard of right and wrong. Those days are long gone. Just like Frank Sinatra just like so many, Betty White, the rest of them. Just long gone, long gone. Now what you have are these new Marxist frauds. Yes, you do. And when you think about what we're facing, how much of, the, of, of this could have been stopped by the law, American law, law steeped in principles of the Constitution. And you realize what, we, what we're living in now is a quagmire of socialist engineering. Every single aspect, whether you talk about foreign policy, whether you talk about domestic policy, whether you talk about economic, the, the economy or the PPP or all the rest of it, all social engineering. That's what we're facing right now. And it happens because of the bastardization of law. When I played that clip of Joe Biden, here, let's play it again. There's always a renewed national debate every time we uh, nominate any president nominates a justice. Because the Constitution is always evolving slightly uh, in terms of additional rights or curtailing rights, etc. And it's uh, always an issue. What he means is principles of right and wrong somehow evolve in their mind. Principles of slavery, of, of a representative republic becoming a soft tyranny. This is what it's evolving. But what he's cannot articulate is that what we're really doing is is regressing see we were evolved when we decided that every man was the was the king of his own castle had his own unalienable rights that he was not meant to live for others or to be a slave at the whim of politicians or anybody for that matter we were the most evolved country ever problem is it was about 247 years ago 
that's when we were so evolved. Now we're just regressing into a European soft tyranny, a socialist nation, where you are enslaved to your fellow man. How does this happen? Through the bastardization of law. So it's a very important process that goes on that most people pay no attention to. And that is the judges, the social engineer Marxist, that are presenting themselves as judges. It's the Trojan horse of tyranny. Because we're littered with a system with layer on top of layer on top of layer of bureaucrats and laws, and we're drowning in it. So this clip will probably not be played on many news outlets. It probably will not get much attention, but it should be the lead story of the day. It is about yet another Marxist judge. Now, she fits the bill. She's a minority. She's Asian. And she has the proper genitalia to go all the way to the top. As we now know, the next Supreme Court court justice will be a minority and have the genitalia that uh, Biden and the Democrats want. Now, what did he say there, uh, Squirrel Hands? He said that it would be a, a black and a woman that would be the Supreme Court justice. But don't worry, she'll be qualified. I want him to put, uh, what's her name, Cardi B there. I'd like Marxism and a show. Get up there and you start singing and whatnot. Give me the whole entertainment. I don't want to just be a Marxist like the Soviet Union. Give me a little show with it. Here oh, we have, God. Come on, here we man. Have, <laughs> here we have Ted Cruz asking a Marxist how she justifies her Marxism. Senator Cruz. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Congratulations to each of the nominees. Uh, Judge Cotto, I, w- I want to start with you. Is racial discrimination wrong? Now, this is a simple question. Is racial discrimination wrong? She cannot answer it because the plot of the social engineer is to discriminate with the excuse of your writing some wrong that doesn't exist anymore, that hasn't existed for hundreds of years. But what the the plan is, is to use racism in the name of racism so you can implement your fascism. That's the game. But I like how, how she just just lies. Senator, our Constitution prohibits race discrimination, discrimination on the basis of race. Okay, let me ask again, is racial discrimination wrong? Senator, as a judge, I I, I don't um, deal with issues of morality or whether something... You have no views on whether it's right or wrong? Senator, because that is an issue that is frequently litigated before the courts, pursuant to Canon 3 of the Code of Conduct... Okay, so why does the Constitution prohibit racial discrimination? Senator, I, I think it's part of our Constitution and this nation's history of aiming for equal justice and uh, treating people regardless of any... Anybody put in any position by a Democrat has zero credibility. Zero. You got the job because what's between your legs and the fact you're willing to sing this BS and you are good at evading answers. You fraud, Your Honor protected class status equally and fairly. So discriminating based on race violates, I think you just said, our Constitution's history of aiming for justice. Is that a fair characterization? Senator, our case law, uh, if you're talking about race discrimination under the law, yes, pursuant to Supreme Court precedent, uh, 
race discrimination under the law is prohibited. So you and I are both graduates of the Harvard Law, law School. Uh, we were there at the same time. Um, I don't think we crossed cross. We did not. Um, as you know, our alma mater is currently before the Supreme Court for its longstanding practice of discriminating against Asian Americans. And many top universities across the country have vicious discrimination policies against Asian Americans. Uh, they are reminiscent of the quotas against Jews that we saw these same schools impose in the 1950s. These schools believe that Asian Americans have been too successful academically and that if they allow students to compete based on merit, they'd have too many Asian Americans. And accordingly, Harvard and Yale and a number of other top schools in this country explicitly and brazenly discriminate against Asian Americans. Does that practice concern you? Senator Cruz, as you know, the Supreme Court recently granted... See, listen, sir, this is why I could never be a senator. I could never listen to this BS. Answer the question, you lying fraud. This is the way you have to ask these questions. Just give me your best lipstick on a pig, you fraud. That's what we're really dealing with here. And here's another problem. If that's the practice, how many... Good people were left out of our society. How many good, honorable, decent judges and lawyers were cut out by a school who wanted to do exactly what the Democrats want to do? Implement racism in the name of curing racism. This is always the same excuse. Kind of reminds you of virtually every policy. They're doing it all for you. Are you happy? Have you had enough? Or are you thirsty for more? 312 642 5,600. I'll take all your calls when I get back. AM 560. The answer. The reason this is so important is that we're living two years of moronic, moronic existence and absolute and total tyranny. And somehow it slipped through as if it was constitutional. Everything from the seizure of our lives, the house arrest, the destruction of our school system, the quality of Americanism. Destroyed. How? Because somehow you had political judges. They weren't judging on law. Of course it's not constitutional for a government to seize your business, to place you under house arrest, to tell you you must wear something. And now we find out, because of studies two years later, uh, yeah, that lockdown, that didn't work. Uh, it did no good. What? It did no good. You forever changed my life. The trajectory of 330 million people's lives. You forever altered a society built in freedom by implementing tyranny because you said it would work. And we should have understood it's not constitutional to do what the government has done to the American people for two years. These appointments are crucially important. I know it's boring when you play the clips. I know it's aggravating. Believe me, nobody likes to be bored more than... Nobody dislikes it more than me. I can't stand it. To listen to that clip, to realize she's just a representative of, what, 400 judges? Not to mention the bureaucrats that are in charge of it. To realize where we are in this country today, where to be free is somehow controversial. To speak of American principles is somehow anti-American. To listen to mothers, mothers, disgusted with wanting to set an example of freedom for their kids and then to realize 
in the end, I was right all the time, all the time, and so were you. And everybody who had a knee-jerk reaction of what the hell are you doing with the lockdowns, with the masks, what the hell are you doing by ignoring the results of your experiment, what the hell are you doing? And now we're just used to it, like that battered housewife. So when I heard this clip, I originally was disgusted, and then I realized it's just a sign of the times. And Rico parent Tiffany Sweetser says her 17-year-old son, a senior at Deep Run High School, has endured ridicule for defying Henrico's school's decision to keep the mask mandate in place. She says he's being ridiculed because he doesn't want to wear the mask. You're now ridiculed to be free. That's how you know it's over. That's how you know society has forever changed. Not just because some moron had the, had the audacity and the arrogance to yell at strangers to wear a mask or ask for a vaccine card or to stay home or to not get together with your family. Now you've got a 17-year-old who should have the confidence of being able to do anything he wants to do, being ridiculed because he wants to go to school without a mask on. Unmasked students are physically separated from other students and taunted in school and on social media. Very discriminated against and segregated and humiliated and isolated and all of the all of the bullying terms that you can imagine. I mean, he came home really beaten down. Sweets are said this is the new normal. This is the progress. This is the tweaking Joe Biden mentioned of a living constitution of the curtailing of rights. This is what it's like when you get used to the rights being curtailed. When the outlier, the victim of ridicule, is the one who advocates for something as basic as being in charge of his own body. I think this is crucially important. And I think while we are all sitting here realizing we have somebody who's unfit, unqualified, and not to mention very corrupt in the White House, he's sticking his apparatchiks in very important positions that will last a lot longer than his memory. As a recent post by the Henrico Education Association asking teachers to wear black in defiance of unmasked students in school was hurtful. You never want your child in the middle of, of something that's an adult issue. And this is that's the problem is this is parents' rights. You know, my son, although he's 17, is still a minor. And this is this is my right to send him to school without a mask. You don't have any rights when you send your kid to government schools. This is why two years ago, the only thing you had, had to do was take your kid completely out, completely out and set the example of American principles resisting the tyranny and the incompetence of the modern-day American politician, as sad as that is to say. This is, a, uh, this, is, this is the war of ideology, and we're losing it when 17-year-olds are more comfortable enforcing tyranny, knowing full well it's done no good, rather than demanding liberty. Which is, some, which is the, the right that they had that made America great and made it better than every other country. So that American arrogance of us being better than everybody, in fact, I think we're worse than everybody. Because those other people, they were always had tyranny. We had liberty, and we gave it up for the false sense of safety and the corrupt of a Democrat mafia. 312-642-5600. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's... 
Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show. Illinois, the laughing stock of America. What do we got a governor? He's about 450 pounds without a neck. Stuff in a tie in a crease. Never had a job. Hands like butter. Trust fund baby. Never produced anything in his life. Yes, he is. He's got some trickery, though. It's election year. Yeah, he's going to give you some of your money back or just not take some. Look at you. It's a good year for you, Illinoisans. And uh, I wanted to bring on Adam Schuster, who is a senior director of budget and tax research at the Illinois Policy Institute. So he never sleeps. He is just riddled with 24 hours of atrocity, and he doesn't quite know how to break it to you. I wanted to bring him on. Hi, Adam. How are you? Hi, Sean. I'm, I'm coping. Are you coping? <laughs> You're doing well. So now we've got the state of the state. And I guess the speech is going to take a little bit longer than it sucks. So what are you, what are you expecting here from uh, the portly Pritzker? Well, the governor's already tipped his hand on uh, one part of what he's going to do in his speech, which is that he's going to give you back a billion dollars in taxes um, for one year after hiking them permanently by over $5 billion a year his first three years in office. So, uh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I used to love that in the old movies when they would show that the people from Iowa get off the uh, bus in New York and the guy playing three-card Monty just takes all their money. It's similar to that, only you don't get the show with it. You just get to be extorted by a chubby port boss hog looking fella and um the reality is the way that they calculate that billion is because they have that figured into money they're already taking from you is that not correct that's exactly right so basically what the governor is proposing is for one year he's going to suspend the one percent sales tax on groceries he's going to not increase the gas tax this year because one of the first things he did when he got into office is put in place automatic annual increases without a vote from any politician so that every single year politicians get more money from you when you go to the pump without being able to be held accountable for it. For one year, he's going to pause that. Um, and he's also <laughs> going to, for one, for one year, uh, increase the property tax uh, rebate uh, that, that people get. But he's capped it at $300. Right. So, I mean, I have a couple properties left there. $300 means absolutely spit in, in definition of how much I'm paying. So, um, this is, does anybody, is there a voter out there that this is important to? Let, let me put it to you that way. An actual, and when I say voter, I mean someone not on government cheese. Is there, is there a, a guy out there who works and it doesn't, isn't subsidized by any government program? who thinks that, oh, gee, thank you, this is really a good deal, and you're helping the people of Illinois. You know, unfortunately, I think there are people who fall for a lot of this kind of stuff. I think the governor um, has done a good job, and media have mostly repeated his narrative of acting like he's the reason that state finances are doing better. Um, that's just simply not true. If you, if you actually look at the numbers, uh, the state got roughly $14 billion from the federal government that it was able to use for, for the state budget over about two years. That enabled a slight increase in the credit rating. It's still the worst of any state in the nation, but it's slightly less worse than it was. Are less, you know, less, yeah. less bad than it was. Um, and it enabled the bill backlog to be paid down. So you got this huge flood of federal money that helped the governor have this temporary improvement in finance. 
taxes, right? You, you, you couple that with in an election year, one year where, you know, he's a Democrat who's been hiking taxes every single year he's been in office, and now he's offering tax relief. I think there are people who will, who will take that and think, oh, this means he's being moderate, or this means he's being fiscally responsible. Uh, and I think people just need to actually, you know, get informed about what happened with the state budget and what's coming with the state budget, because that federal money runs out in 2024. And when it does, we will be as bad or worse than we were pre-pandemic. Unless, now now follow me, this is a little bit down the rabbit hole. Unless COVID presents yet another variant and they have to implement the same policies that didn't work the first time and they pump out that phony baloney money. That's the only way you can actually replace the money you scammed because that $14 billion was not supposed to go into the general fund, although there's no restrictions on it. I guess they could do what they want with it. But the reality is that well, and, $14 and billion was a handout to other obligations, was it not? Well, yeah, so there was, there was money for, for several purposes, but a lot of it was sort of unrestricted. A lot of it was, you know, they didn't put enough uh, uh, sort of guardrails on it. Um, but, you know, the, the irony of what you're talking about is it, it is funny money, right? The, the federal government spent money that it didn't have, that didn't exist, that had to be printed and created and, and, and increase the money supply. That's why we have so much inflation, right? right. So Pritzker's talking about um, trying to, he's, he's going to call it the, the family relief plan or something like that, and he's selling it as a curb on inflation. But the reason we have so much inflation is the same spending bills that enabled him to balance his budget in the first place, or not even balance his budget, but temporarily pay down some of his bills. And you know, the dirty little secret here is that there are good people of all races. Of course, they want to present themselves as, as friendly to one race over another. But there are people of all races, mainly the people who are doers, that are witnessing this and have been witnessing this and are fleeing the state. Because ultimately, Adam, if this chicanery is commonplace and this is the answer for the future, what is the only other solution than to run from it? And you're losing people of all races, some they didn't expect, fleeing from Crook County, fleeing from the sewer of Chicago, fleeing from the state of a punchline, Illinois. Do they do they just want not want to talk about it? Is it like, you know, Pritzker and the wife pretending Saturday night isn't the night you're supposed to fool around? They just want to glaze over it. What exactly is the plan? Yeah. I think that politicians often have an incentive to think ahead to the next election and not to think ahead to the next 10 years or 20 years or, the you know, in the long run was good. And so there's there's often an incentive for politicians to pretend like things are getting better when they're not, when they know you're about to vote for or against them. Uh, and I think the only way to really arm yourselves against that is, is to be informed. Look into the facts of the state budget. Look into the facts of how much he's raised in taxes versus how much he's promising to give back. Look into the fact that the tax hikes are permanent and the tax relief is temporary. Um, and I think if people you know, really inform themselves and they also you know, share that information with their friends and neighbors, uh, then hopefully the democratic process will work the way it's supposed to, which is you know, to result in policy that actually helps people and matches what they want and need. What's the current status with um, the pension debacle? Is there any attempt to try and curb it or fund it? Or is this just something that is commonplace to be used as an excuse to tax in the future? 
Well, he's he's doubling down on these sort of half solutions that he's been pushing since he came into office. So he's refusing to talk about things like changing the 3% compounding COLA that retirees get every year, regardless of how much inflation is in the economy, or the the retirement ages in the 50s, or all the other you know perks and benefits that, that have made these pensions um, so expensive. Uh, and instead, he's talking about things like uh, you know pension consolidation and selling more bonds, more or pension obligation bonds, which is really just paying off one credit card with another uh, and, and saying that these are solutions. But, you know, we're proposing uh, two ideas this year, both a, a constitutional amendment to let the people vote and really fix the pension crisis to get to the root cause, and also uh, a new system, an optional hybrid system that has some elements of a 401k that could be put in place for new employees that helps them escape a failed and failing system that doesn't work for them, um, that's unfair to younger workers, and also could save the state budget about $500 million a year. But now you, you, you know, we've talked before, you and I, and you know that I spent mm-hmm. a lot of years, my early years in the financial world. Reality is a 401k system is a system of honesty. After all, it can only pay the result of the profits of the investment. The pension scheme is anything but. It's irrelevant what the, what the investment vehicle does. It doesn't mean anything. It's the obligation that will always be paid out. So if I was looking at this from you could have this scam that has crippled the state, however, has enriched the pensioner, or you could take your chances in the market. You have to go with the scam, do you not? Well, here's why I'd say you shouldn't. Um, <laughs> those retirement funds only have about forty cents saved for every dollar in promises. Yeah, but it made. doesn't matter. They uh, could just they could just steal the money from people paying taxes, and ultimately, well, they can never go bankrupt because they have the power of taxation. And it does explain why people are paying uh, what eighteen thousand in some neighborhoods is average. If you go to good neighborhoods, they're paying fifty and sixty thousand on properties they can't sell. Um, you know, it's a, it's a system of corruption that they've allowed to be cemented in. And uh, it's not going anywhere. I, I would say it's rare, but pension funds have gone insolvent elsewhere. And when you let that happen and when you get to that point, the, the, the cuts to retirees end up being way worse than if you had done proactive common sense reforms before you let the whole thing blow up. So in Central Falls, Rhode Island, retirees saw their cuts. Current retirees saw their checks cut up by up to 55%. And the plan we're talking about is instead a small haircut to how fast your benefit grows in the future while preserving everything you've already earned to date. Nobody sees a cut. And we've, we've developed a plan that can do that while fully paying off the debt. Um, the problem is, like you're saying, this has become a political football, right? The politicians use the pension benefits to win support from public sector unions, and they use these sweeteners to win support from public sector unions. And so they're putting this small special interest group above the needs of the people of Illinois. And <laughs> you know, like it, every policy, really, so brother. We, <laughs> Yeah. But, but we need to uh, we need to put pressure on them to let the people vote, right? Because the politicians created the pension crisis, and now they're standing in the way of letting the people fix it. They've put constitutional amendment on the, amendments on the ballot to hike our taxes. Why won't they put a constitutional amendment on the ballot to let us fix the pension crisis? Adam, you've got a new nickname for me. You are now the smartest guy in the dumbest state. But I will tell you this. I'm a velocity of money guy, right? And most people are ignorant. They don't understand that the velocity of money, the, the inflation-adjusted money, from, say, 2002 to now is about 50%, $1,000 in 2000, and two had the buying power of about $1,500. And I'm, I'm, I'm being very simplistic and ballparking it. But in your article that I read, in your article, pension cost growth 
is 584% in that same amount of time. In that same That's amount. after of time. adjusting for inflation. Correct. How is it legal, brother? That's that's downright thievery. And I know it that is. I can only turn to Eddie Alderman's wife, who pretends he's faithful on the weekends for solutions, but the reality is this is this is downright extortion. And you know, we need to make those facts widely known and we need to not let politicians scapegoat and get off the hook by offering us half measures or by pretending that because they're floating on a flood of federal cash, you know, uh, you, you, you call them a trust fund baby, uh, at the beginning of the intro. And I don't want to comment anything about the governor's personal life, but you've heard the phrase, you know, uh, uh born on second thought, you are born on second thought, you hit a double or whatever it is, right? Yeah, I mean, he's third, exactly that he what, a home run. Yeah. Yeah, but but that's what's going on with the budget, right? Pritzker before the before the budget uh, year started, he was threatening tax hikes on everyone and seven hundred million dollars in cuts to core government services. He said he couldn't make the budget work. Then the federal government came to the rescue, and he wants the people of Illinois to think it was him. Now, I'm not saying this because I care about the, what what happens in the governor's race. The point is, the problems aren't fixed, and we can't let the pressure off until the problems are actually fixed. I got one more question before I let you go. And you know I love having you. The politicians that are supposed to help us, um, do they get one of these pensions? Most of them, yes. All right. Okay, Adam, I got 50 and they're doing nothing. You want any of that action? Gambling's legal now in Illinois. After all, that's the only way they can pay for this scam. They've got to adopt the Sam Giancana economic plan. Pretty soon they'll be running hookers out of the state house. But do you want to touch that bet? You know, I've got three years of, of seeing what kind of budgets he proposes, so no. <laughs> All right. He's one of my favorites. He is Adam Schuster of the Illinois Policy Institute. He is the Senior Director of Budget and Tax Research. Do you have any hair left, or do you look like Hugh Brenner in The King and I? You know, I've actually got a full head of hair, but it's, grown, it's going gray younger than I'd like. I'll say that. I got 50 says you're going to lose that, too. All right, listen, it's been wonderful. I can't wait for you to pay up on these bets. Thank you so much for joining me, Adam. You know I love it. Thanks a lot. All right, we'll be back with your calls and comments. Dave and George, hang on the line. We'll be back right after this. AM560, the answer. Now you're talking. Are you playing that because you're moving to Miami, kid? I think you are after that interview. You see, money doesn't lie. Liars lie. Return on investment. This is a rule in the financial world. There's another rule. Past performance is no guarantee of future performance. That's number one. You have a system that doesn't pay any attention to those rules. In fact, it breaks the rules because it is not really a pension system. It's an employment scheme. And for your loyalty... To vote for the Democrat mafia, you will be rewarded. And then the politicians will ignore the fact that it is better for all people, all societies, to hire out for landscaping, to hire out for services that you include in, in somehow the public service. 90% of the Illinois government doesn't need to exist. It would be better for every Illinoisan if they were able to shop for bargains and put these costs on companies versus the people. Because what happens is they scam you, and that's what's happening. Now I'm going to talk, take a call of somebody who works in the industry and understands this. George in Libertyville. Sean, how you doing? Uh, great interview uh, with your buddy. And uh, we have a client who just retired at the age of 58 years old. 
from the Burr Ridge Pension, you know, school oh, no. district don't system. Don't be so specific. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Go ahead, though. One hundred and seventy-five grand a year with the three percent automatic increase. If this person's alive when they're ninety years old, it's five bills a year. Five hundred thousand a year. Regardless of the return on investment. Now, here's what I wanted to ask you, George. You remember when I, I when I became a registered investment advisor and I went through all the classes, what's the first thing they teach you? First thing, you have to say it when you're talking to anybody about money. Past performance is no guarantee of future return, correct? Without question. The first thing you have to say, yet we have an entire municipal system that's based on endless profits, although they have none right now, that in some cases is as little as 20% funded. How in the world can it go on in an it's honest just, society? It cannot. It's literally, it's literally a card game. It really is. And, you, and you're right on everything you're saying. It's, it's absolutely a shell game. George, and then here's the other part. I don't mind rich people. I love rich people. And you want to be rich? God bless you. Get off your fat ass and go get rich. Because the idea you get to sit down and retire like you had $3.5 million of earned money makes me sick to my stomach. That's just me. It's, it's just it's just crazy, man. But uh, good good t- good topic. Thank you very much. And this is why FDR, the socialist general, the, the the epitome of a socialist president, he stood against one thing and one thing only: unions in municipalities, government unions, because this is the kind of scam they cook up. See, because this couldn't be cooked up among honest people. So you've got politicians. And you got union mafia members cooking up a scheme to make every single one of us pay for it. And I'll tell you what, I wouldn't mind it if they were the old mafia guys who were men and could maybe take you out in the parking lot. But I'm getting shoved around by a guy with butter hands and no neck that needs an assistant to take a bath, let alone when the the old lady's in the mood. Can you imagine that scene? Never, ever looked at each other's faces. Dave and Niles. Sean, great show. I'm going to do this real quick. Uh... By me, Niles Main Library Board got a, got new board members. They found religion. They cut their uh, their budget by fourteen percent. They cut their levy by eighteen percent. Saved us a million one for this year, and our library costs us a million a uh, million two hundred thousand every two months just to operate it. Wait a minute, wait but a they, minute. They the library back. costs you a million two hundred grand a month. Right, right. Who the hell and needs a library? You got half Google. a million dollars a month. You need a library. Who goes to the library anyway? You don't need a library. You got Google on the end of your phone. I mean, what the hell is going on? Enough of this nonsense. Oh, and they they took took hell, Sean. They were attacked by the Sun-Times. They were attacked. They hit Fox News and hit local television. They're under such heat. But don't worry. Main Township next door decided to go ahead and increase its levy, and they, they scooped up all that saved money. And then the Village of Niles, then decided to increase its levy by 88% and who's, to the tune of $14 million. Who exactly is the relative in the village that gets to hire their morons from their family tree <laughs> and pretend that they're actually working in the library? Isn't that just another scam? Here's what we do, and you try this, Dave. Say you want to turn the libraries into homeless shelters, you know, for the homeless people and the drug addicts. That's how you squeeze them out with their own petard. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate the call. 312-642-5600. Megan, I'll take you next when I get back, and I'll take the rest of you after that. AM 560. The answer. Oh, you trying to call me? Nice. I like it. I like it. Now, you heard me talk to uh, 
Adam, I said when you present it in front of the people, it's obvious which one is the, is, is the one to choose. I'm not blaming the people that choose it. I'm blaming the people that set up that scam because it's a scam. I had another friend te te text me. He owns a commercial property in Niles. His property taxes are $190,000 for a 41,000-square-foot building. See, that's what has to happen under this system. And then you destroy the businesses that employ the people, and it destroys the quality of life. This is why a system like this should not exist. I don't blame the people that take it. I have cousins on this deal. I know how it works. I know it inside and out, sideways and up down. John, Calumet City. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Long-time listener, love you, Sean. Uh, you, I, I agree with 99.99% of you, what you say, but I've got a beef with you, my friend. All right, that's all right. The story, I'm you know, okay, you know, the story, you're getting half the story in this pension plan. I'm a retired employee, a state employee. I $35,000 a year is what my pension is. I did 25 years. Yes. Um, the mo the most of the story at hand is about 15, 20 year years ago, maybe a little bit more. The state was paying for our pension fund. It turned into, by contract negotiations, because it was tough times during the Edgar administration, we started paying our own pension. No problem. It's somewhere along these lines, and I don't have the date that it occurred, the pension fund uh, went from a protected fund to where the state uh, uh, politicians could uh, jump into it and use those funds for your anti-mains um, um, uh, uh, long-term care facility. The heating plant went out. And they had Catholic church down the street. They replaced the gym in the floor. And uh, that Veterans Museum, that came out of our funding. So what happened here, you guys fell asleep, and me too, we fell asleep at the wheel when, when state politicians dip, dipped into that money and used oh, it. John, you and I don't have a beef. I completely agree okay, with well, you. Well, let's go one more. Right. So, so now it's an issue here where, you know, 35K is, excuse me, I'm not going to say what I would say, but That's I'm right. on the air. I hear but you. But 35K is, is nothing. The moral to the story, it's like, it's like a guy now, he, pay, he paid his mortgage for 30, 30 years. He walks to the bank. He sits down with the vice president. And the vice you know, you're going to get your title on your, uh, your deed on your property. And, and he, he, he brings you into his office. He pulls you a cup of coffee. It's got cream and sugar. And he says, hey, John, guess what? Thank you very much for being a long-term customer. But you're going to have to pay another 30 years because we made some bad investments. We had a deep deal for money. I totally yeah. understand you. Believe me, I do. And I'm not blaming you. What I'm blaming is this system. The system that's set up that's to do exactly it what out, it my did. Friend. Now, here's the other thing, John, and you know this. What about the people at Borg Warner when it went insolvent and they worked forever and they got nothing? What about the Absolutely. people in the private industry, right? So here's the other thing. They were breaking the law when they set it up so they could dip into it. I'll tell you another thing. They broke the law when they paid the money bundlers who were in charge of it three times what the costs were, knowing full well that my they were going to give the, the corrupt loans that? to Jaws Durango. Oh, I always My vote. friend, did you vote? Always. Oh, yeah, I always vote, too. I, I, I haven't voted the, the winning party very often, but I vote. The I never problem have. at hand is the party. Yeah. That, uh, it's the thieves involved with it. And they're still electing these people. John, Take a look at Chicago. You can't they, go into it. They like this argument. And I'll say another thing to you, John, because you know this. How many guys did you work with that knew the right guy and had the cousin that was the boss that instead of sitting around on 35000 a year are getting 185000 a year? How many guys do you personally know? And you're absolutely right. When I went to one different agency with the state, my, my, my investigative partner said, turned to me and says, who's your sponsor? And I looked at him and thought, who, what are you talking about, sponsor? Yeah. What the hell are you talking about, sponsor? I ain't got no sponsor. I they came always up to my hurt, own wits. They always hurt the honest guy. 
They always hurt the guy at the bottom, and then they use him as a poster child. Well, they say the rest. And the so, other thing, the other thing well, is this: it should be a system where everybody is equal, and the system would be honest. If the system were honest, everybody would be truly get the same rules, the same set of rules. The people in Borg Warner would get the same set of rules. John would get the same set of rules, and it would be a system of honest investing. Instead, they've 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 created this very protected minority. And this very protected minority so is a baton see. and a crowbar against the guys who are the property owners and the business owners and the property taxpayers. This is a problem. So what I ask you, what I ask you to do before you know before I, you, you hang up on me, what I ask you to do is add this little caveat to your argument because you're hurt, you're hurting a lot of people out there by just saying these pension funds are outrageous. These pension funds are terrible. Someone to make one hundred fifty-five thousand dollars a year on a pension fund—that's absurd. That's absurd. That's, that's, absurd. that's golden parachute and, and, and John, type stuff. If you ever look but the at the law, book, needs to be changed. Dan Proft has the book. It was actually a friend of mine that emailed it to us. I don't have it. Of how many of the connected mafia members are getting six hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand? Will you make your thirty-five? But they're using you as the as the excuse to go out there and say, "Well, wait a minute, I paid into the system because it's a system built on clout. It's a system built on corruption. It's a system that is managed and operated and housed by a mafia." I I, I wish you were getting a better deal, but I wish so were the people who are who are being extorted to pay the obscene mafia connected guys pensions got a better deal. You understand? I'm not insulting you. I'm not going after you. You sound like a wonderful guy. You worked hard, and you deserve it. But nobody deserves those 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 cream puff ones, and the people don't deserve to not be abused. We are in agreement with that. Right. So See? focus on that, and and make sure you understand that the little guy is not the problem here. Oh, I I, I always do. I'm strictly talking about the 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 business agents and the corrupt bankers that look like they work out with Pritzker. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you, John. I love your show. I love keep you up right the good back. work. Thank you very much. See. That's how you handle a call. Megan, I know I told you I'd take you, but we're up against the clock. I don't want to cheat you. So we're going to go to commercial now, and then I'm going to take Megan and Bart after this. AM560, the answer. It's not the people. It's seeing that I have relatives. I got a nephew who's a copper and working his derriere off three kids. I'm for that. It's against the scheme. That I rage, not the people. The people become useful to the politicians who are in on the scam. See, because there's another dark side of this pension. They get to use a certain amount of it for their little pet projects. Oh, yes, they do. And what's the penalty? Well, you're going to see as they elect Janulius as the Secretary of State. No one's going to look into his bank. Remember? What was it called? Broadway or Parkway or some scam way? Megan Orland Park. Hey, Sean. Um... I have a um, sister-in-law who was married and divorced from this guy who worked um, in the state of Illinois for the park district, worked for three different park districts, then moved to California, worked for two park districts, retired with five pensions, and his um, new wife worked as a teacher in California. So they retired with six pensions to Hawaii when they were in their mid-50s. And I happened to be on Facebook. I know you don't like it, but I was on Facebook. And I saw their condo with two infinity pools overlooking the ocean in Maui. Yeah, that's a lot. But I don't know how he did it. He must have worked 11 years, right? Because you get vested after 11 years, then you can't collect to 52. I mean, that's some strategy there. Um, and that's you know, there are there are the guys on the double bubble. Those are normally the most mobbed up guys, the most connected guys. And I get that. 
Um, but once again, it's not the guys that I really rail against as the system that would allow something like that. The system that rewards that kind of corruption, the system that demands that kind of corruption. And what it's buying is loyalty and silence. And that's how you get good people cheering for a bad system. And these are all of the reasons why FDR didn't want unions in the public or in the in the public sector. He didn't want them because he knew where it would lead to. And it's obvious where it leads to. And then you are in the quagmire of what are you going to do? Take it away from a guy and a guy paid it. Nobody wants to do that. But there is a way to take the system and legitimize it through breaking the legalized corruption. That is our municipal retirement corruption. For instance, when you see, I, 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 was t I always tell this story. State of Illinois on the corner of 83 and St. Charles Road, there's a patch of grass, one lot. They pull up with two pickup trucks, two of those pension incubators, those big orange trucks, and brand new equipment, and six guys pretend to work while one guy cuts the grass. That's a job that should be given to a landscaper, a local landscaper. Let those costs, the insurance costs, the pension, all that, go into the private sector. This way the people will be getting a value for their money. And that's just one service. How many other services could you privatize? The answer is really quite simple. It's called capitalism. Private capitalism. Not government capitalism. There's no such thing. There's only government corruption. They can't run an, a library for under $16 million a year. Are you listening to that? My poor guy in there, squirrel hands, you know how long he's going to have to work to make $16 million? He's going to have to live to be 348. Bart in his car. Yeah. Oh, man, I love your show. Oh, thank you. Listen, here's the thing, man. Um, you're talking about how the sausage is made. I want to take a quick aside, talk about what's in the sausage. I was listening to Adam Carolla. He was talking about specifically teachers' unions. And here's the point. What aren't our kids hearing? And here's what it is. The entrepreneurial point of view. Because an entrepreneur says, I'm going to take a risk on me. I'm going to take a shot on me. Even a poor guitar player like me, I said, here's a life that I think has value. I'm going to make decisions that are going to back my play. I'm going to do what it is. Now, what do they do? On the other hand, they go, I want a fixed I want a fixed salary. I want to never be fired. But that would be I want to have summers off. I would be for that if it was a private company that offered that. I would be all for that, and that's how it should be. I don't blame the person for taking. You heard me with Adam. I said if it were me, I, don't I would. You know, if you look at it, you have but one avenue no, to take. It's, it, yeah, it, but Sean, Sean, yeah. what if, like a Mike Lindell was a guest speaker at every university, what if an entrepreneur, sure. why, why do you think we responded to the COVID the way we did? Because our kids are being taught by yeah. a bunch of safety junkies, Bar a bunch it, of security junkies. It's true. I appreciate it. And you're right. I don't, I don't disagree with you. But what I am saying to you is, it's really quite simple. You can lure cooperation in the scam because you've enticed it with riches. It's that simple. It, people, it makes sense to me why somebody would say, oh, you mean I could go on this scam welfare system and, and have the equivalency of $51,000 a year, or I could go work at Starbucks and two other jobs. It takes a certain person to be an entrepreneur. We're lucky. We have that quality. But you're, you're weakening our society when you're buying acceptance of a corrupt system, and that is the municipal system. And that's like every Soviet system, every communist system. It's better to be a part of the corruption than fight against it. I'll always fight against it. That's a small amount of people that will. Luckily, they're all listening to this show. We'll be back after this.
From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Do you know what all socialist countries have in common? What is the common denominator of all socialist countries? Is corrupt government. It's true. Debbie, getting your roots done is not essential. Unless she wants to do it, right? That jack-o'-lantern you call a mayor of Chicago. She gets to get her hair done. She needs a magician, not a beautician. Joel Griffith is a research fellow at the Institute for Economic Freedom and Opportunity. Can you imagine those two words? I mean, that, that phrase going together in this current climate, economic freedom and opportunity at the Heritage Foundation. He also created something that I think is fun, COVID Policy Hypocrisy Tracker. You're not going to believe who's on it, so I wanted to bring him on to discuss it. Hi, Joel. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me on tonight. Oh, you kidding me? I love it. Now, here's the thing. I um, grew up the son of a beautician. I am related to numerous beauticians. I understand how hard they work and how much they rely on their income. Most of the beauticians are not independently wealthy. You wouldn't believe it. But yet in the city of Chicago and what we saw across the nation was government take hairdressers and nail technicians and all people in the beauty industry and put them out of business in one fell swoop except the ones that did Nancy Pelosi's hair and Lori Lightfoot's pompadour. Those beauticians got to operate because they knew the government crook, the government official. This is a form of hypocrisy on the politician's part, but isn't it a broader position of if you know the right person, you get to have an income while all others don't? Yeah, this is something we see now in Chicago with Mayor Lightfoot. We've seen this all across the country with Democrats and left-wing politicians. I'm in D.C. right now, and they just shut down. The mayor just is trying to shut down a bar down the street for not discriminating against people that chose not to get a vaccine. But yet the same mayor of D.C. was just recently at an indoor wedding without her mask on in violation of her own rules. But she's shutting down a small business owner. This is happening in big cities outside of Florida all across this country, and it is a shame. Real people are suffering from these hypocritical politicians that are absolutely drunk on power and they've been drunk on power for the last two years during this pandemic we've got some real examples here now one of my favorites is um the 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 nephew of uh nancy pelosi who is the mayor of los angeles i mean excuse me the governor of california now and uh any twosome newsome he just can't stop breaking rules in fact since this whole damn thing started he's been caught in a plethora of scandal has he not (laughs) Yeah, well, the governor of California was caught dining at a high-end French restaurant. I think it was the French Laundry not too long ago while he was trying to put other businesses and keep them shut all across California, and he did it again. He was at a big football game this last weekend with the mayor of L.A., and lo and behold, he got pictured. He was out at a game with tens of thousands of other people without a mask on, without a mask on. Now, I have no problem with that as far as not wearing a mask. I don't wear a mask. I do my best not to. But here's a governor that is forcing little children to wear masks. He's forcing adults to wear masks. And yet when he goes to a big game to go hobnob with celebrities, what does he do? He takes the mask off. It's just another example 
of the hypocrisy across these blue states. I mean, I can't. You know, here's the thing. I, I, when it started, I said, I got to get the hell out of here. So I went to a state that protected yeah. my freedom. I uh, manage property down here. I just had an instance today, today, where a New York real Democrat rat rented a property I happen to manage. And this Democrat rat wanted to tell the cleaning people to put a mask on. Now, my people down here, they have broken English. They fled these totalitarian socialist countries. Thank God these two immigrant women told her, this is Florida. And I'm free. I don't put on anything for you. So now I just told her, get out. Get out of the house. We'll take the per diem. We'll pay you. Get out. The reality is that's the American way. But throughout this nation, there's all but a few places that still enable Americans to act like free men and women. Do you think that uh, we are forever changed and so many Democrats make excuses for Jill Biden, make excuses for these Democrat frauds, and this is just the way of the future? Well, we, we've seen across this country, sadly, that so many of our fellow citizens not only are willing to subject themselves to this hypocrisy, to this petty tyranny, but they cheer it on. And they'll actually turn in their neighbors who don't want to comply with these edicts. And like you, I actually escaped D.C. for a big part of the shutdown. I went to Miami, where it was open for business and where people are actually showing their faces. And we actually aren't distancing from people and businesses are operating. And it's completely back normal people are living their lives and i fly back to dc for work almost every week and it's a different world up there people are subject to fear hysteria people will not show their faces and you have people shutting mayors shutting down businesses it is absolutely evil what is going on it's not just that it's bad for economics it's bad for people's well-being we see mental illness rising we see substance abuse rising we see suicides rising and it is a shame it's two different two different worlds out there places like florida and texas Versus New York and D.C. My favorite hypocrisy, I, I, I want to ask you what yours is, but my favorite is the dimwit AOC. As she went down <laughs> to Miami, went to the drag bar where she blended in nicely, I might add, and was out without the mask playing footsies with her moron campaign manager slash boyfriend. It seems to me that um, they almost relish in visiting liberty as they enforce tyranny. Um, I'm curious to know which is your favorite hypocrisy was it aoc who was your favorite oh i think my favorite um, may have been the governor of michigan when she tried to shut down her state and oh. was shutting down little retailers and at the same time her husband was trying to travel to their second vacation home out in the country on a lake and that's great they have a second home but this is the same governor that was basically making it illegal for people other people to do the same and just take a weekend away from the lives that they were subjected to during the shutdown. I think that's my favorite case of a Sa- Same governor, big scandal here last year in Florida. She was visiting her father on the East Coast, and she brought her whole staff, and it was all, uh, it was all on the government. And when they asked her, what are you doing in Florida as you shut down Michigan, she said, oh, my father's sick. Come to find out the old man was seen prancing around the beach, and it was all a lie. I mean, this Whitmer's got a bright future in the Democrat mafia, however. I think she could very well be the next uh, presidential candidate because the reality is they continue to reward these frauds. As you see, Nancy Pelosi, not just a great trader, 
but also somebody who walks around and gets her hair done when nobody else can. And yet she easily became the speaker and will be one until, yeah. uh, you know, COVID kicks. I don't know what the hell's going to get her out of there, but it's not going to be votes. Well, speaking of California, they had a chance to recall Governor Newsom, who had put so many businesses out of out of business and kept so many kids from going to school. And she tried to shut down so many churches and they had a recall election and he won by a landslide. Uh, so yeah, people... In these states, sadly, they are electing and re-electing these politicians who relish this power. I'm just thankful that we live in a nation with 50 independent, uh, 50 states, where for the most part they can operate independently day-to-day of Washington, D.C. And so long as you have places like Florida and Georgia, Missouri and Idaho, where you can live freely, well, I'm, I'm going to take that as some solace. Now, Joel, you're you're quite an accomplished guy. You're modest, but you're accomplished. You're a lawyer. You've done so much with your life. You're an econ- economic expert. The reality is we have a separation in this country, and during these two years is when the people who wanted freedom, regardless of income, have kind of made the decision that they're going to uproot themselves and go to these states. And you've forever changed the demographics of these states. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, it's the greatest thing for these states, as they have now in Florida more registered Republicans than Democrats for the first oh. time ever. Um the reality is we could get to a, po- a point in this country in the, in the near future where they are, in fact, nullifying the tyranny of the Democrat mafia who w- looks to have the power over the next four years. Could they not have a soft separation, a soft secession? Well, um, I, thankfully, we don't, uh, we don't have a need to, to divide the country in that way because we do have a federalist system. So we can remain all part of the same country. But because of our Constitution, states have the power to actually decide how their internal operations are going to be in terms of whether or not they're going to put in place distancing restrictions and mask requirements and vaccine mandates. States can decide. And that's why you see states like Florida shining that beacon of liberty. And, you know, think about this. You know, in, uh, in New York City, uh, during, the, during the restrictions, they were criminalizing a lot of Jewish people, and I happen to be Jewish, from gathering at their synagogues and from celebrating, and from celebrating marriages and bar mitzvahs. They were criminalizing it. They were looking into schools, yeshivas, trying to shut them down. A lot of those individuals, thousands, have now left New York City and have resettled in South Florida, where they're able to live their lives in freedom. They can have, uh, uh, send their kids to the schools they want to send them to. They can actually worship. And you see people that are Christian as well enjoying those same liberties. And I think you're going to see more of that in the coming years. You see people leaving places like L.A., in New York and Chicago that have these draconian policies and they're going to escape the places of freedom across the other parts of the country. I love I love that about you. I love the optimism. And I want to talk specifically about the difference in the financial stability of these states. The reality is we are living in an extorted states instead of a United States. And it's the economic stability and viability of states that honor the American financial capitalist system versus states like the one I'm from in Illinois, which really take advantage of their corruption and double down on it because they know we have this hybrid welfare system. When you see the numbers come in from PPP, the numbers of fraud, when you see 40% of unemployment be frauded, when you see that trillions of dollars were pumped out by both parties, I might add, but uh, uh, pumped out with no idea where it went, and you see how much of it was stolen and lied and frauded, do you think we can recover ultimately from that 
and uh, that will, in fact, help people who want financial stability? Or do you think it will do what it so often does in these Democrat hubs, become a weapon of future borrowing and future taxation, the way the Democrats are playing it now? Well, I'm very concerned. Over this last year and a half, our federal government spent $6 trillion in addition to what they normally would have spent. That's a huge number. It's about $80,000 per family of four. And, in fact, we're all noticing we're paying for that now. A big part of the reason why our prices are so high and we've lost ground in terms of standard living is because we printed so much money. And I'm concerned that the foundation has been laid to experiment even more with really these renditions of paying people not to work and universal basic income and welfare. And we see the Democrat Party in particular and leftists in Congress that are getting rid of the work requirements. So there's a big drive to expand this. I mean, look at California with trying to push uh, universal health care. And I would bet they're going to look for the government to bail them out, the federal government to bail them out at some sort. But I am very very concerned about that long-term trajectory. And you got it right. It's not just Democrats. It's also Republicans in the last Congress that supported a lot of this big spending. And in this Congress, they've just tried to make it a lot worse. You've seen the left wing just run with all the mistakes and really double down. So I am troubled, but there's a big difference between economic reform and between the states. You have places like Hawaii and California that are still, still deep in the hole relative to where they were two years ago. And you have other places like Texas and Idaho and Utah Georgia, Florida, that are just booming right now because they're living in freedom. And that, I should add, predates the pandemic as well. This has been a long-term trend over the last few decades where people have been living, leaving places like New York and California and escaping to places like Texas and Florida. When you see the, the open hypocrisy that you wrote about, and you realize there are people of all political persuasions that are just disgusted with this, when you see the commonplace of, of Congress birthing people and others being more successful at trading than 99% of Wall Street and the insider trading that goes on in Congress and the Senate, the insider trading that goes on in the Federal Reserve. And you see that the far left, along with so many people on the right, are disgusted. Do you think that that disgust will actually be a reason for people to come together and change so much of the financial fraud we uh, just accept now? by our politicians who are front-running policies and maybe change some of those rules in the future? Well, I'm not real optimistic on that because I think a lot of the attention is being directed towards politicians that trade uh, for their own benefit. And there's always not necessarily anything unethical about that. But I think a lot of that anger is being directed, and it's only real anger. But really, the big problem with these politicians isn't the fact that they're trading. They're driving our nation into long-term bankruptcy. The uh, stock trading is is just a uh, just a small small problem compared to what they're doing for our our future. Yeah, and 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 the lobbying scheme I think is a big problem when you find out that even uh, Focahontas, Elizabeth Warren, in fact was front running not just credit card policies lobbied so that they were favored in bankruptcy filings. She was flipping houses during the collapse. You find <laughs> out that these morons are worth. You know, it's 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 nothing to be oh. worth ten million like Fauci. Forget a hundred and ninety well, million like Pelosi and her husband. <laughs> I I, I want to see someone well, go to jail, but I, I I don't have much optimism. But I do think there's enough disgust, and what we see with COVID may be a reaction to call for some of these people to go to prison. Well, or, or look at the uh, look at Senator uh, Sanders and avowed socialist who's also become a multimillionaire while serving <laughs> as a public servant for. Decades, and there's nothing wrong with earning a living and making money. But you see somebody who's been in elected office who actually wants to redistribute everybody else's wealth, 
who's declared war on those that have actually been productive members of society and built businesses. And this guy owns multiple homes and there's millions of dollars. Something is deeply wrong. With See, I love I love capitalism. I love what you study, the economic freedom and the opportunity therein. I think it's the solution to save us and to pull us out of this socialist quagmire we're so accustomed to. But when you have two sets of rules, and not only could Sanders build that wealth, but his wife could, could really perpetrate financial fraud on applications when she ran the college, and nothing happens. In fact, she came within a breath of being the first lady with the biggest chair. However, I do think... You know, we have to start prosecuting people who are obviously corrupt instead of electing them. Well, yeah. Well, the thing is, a lot of a lot of what's going on in D.C. with these people is actually legal. That's the that's the thing. People are becoming rich off this system um, and doing it in a way that actually does not violate the law. We've had our government become so embedded in so many aspects of our economy, such as the politicians, but also. A lot of businesses that aren't really engaging capitalism at this point. It's complete cronyism. It's corruption, but it's lawful corruption. And I think that's why it's important people like you to kind of spotlight on that. Well, Joel, the way the way out of this is to get government out, um, so it, that people can't can't uh, grease the wheels for their own benefit. As I read your bio, you're a lawyer. You're an economist. Um, are you in awe of the true economic renaissance man and also part-time crack smoker on the weekends, Hunter Biden, and how he was financed by both China, the Ukraine, and the mayor of Moscow? Do you think he's got some proprietary knowledge that they're all buying, or do you think he's simply a bag man for the dimwit and diapers some call president? Well, he definitely has uh, seems to have uh, taken advantage of his connections with the most powerful man on the planet besides the Fed chair, Jerome Powell. And uh, I, I hear, uh, hear hunters are quite, quite the artists oh, nowadays. Yeah. I forgot so the art. artwork's in high demand. Well, listen, Joel, <laughs> if you ever come across that proprietary scheme that is making these son-of-a-dogs worth hundreds of millions, you remember you call your friend who started the Capitalist Union, me. All right, we have a deal? That's, that's right. That's right. All right. Well, thank you. He is Joel Griffith. He is a uh, research fellow for the Institute of Economic Freedom and Opportunity at the Heritage Foundation. He's somebody I watch all the time. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, The Answer. Years ago, we all thought it was a joke. See, that Funny, I am not going to talk about Whoopi. I don't know where her eyebrows are. Is she from the future or the past? What is, what's with the no eyebrow? I don't like people without eyebrows. What's with the name Whoopi? Whoopi's not a name, it's the reaction to seeing a topless girl walk down the street. You yell Whoopi. I don't care if she gets fired. It's the view. Who gives a rip? Wait, are we back from the segment? Oh. All right. Listen, uh, 312-642-5600. I'll take all your calls. Sorry about that. We'll be back after this. AM560, The Answer. Aristotle, you know Aristotle, Pete. You grew up in Niles. You went to that uh, expensive library. Aristotle, Socrates or Socrates, as he's known in Melrose Park. John Locke, De Montesquieu, Eric Hoffer, Ayn Rand, and then Whoopi. Is Whoopi a philosopher? Who gives a rip what the eyebrow-less Whoopi thinks about anything? In fact, the only thing I notice when I look at Whoopi it's not just where the hell are your eyebrows, you freak. What the hell have you been eating? She looks like she's having lunch with Pritzker. She's gained an eighth grader. How'd you get so fat, Whoopi? How are you going to lose it? Certainly you don't have the ambition to jump on a cycle. 
Robert Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Good. How are you, buddy? Yeah, that's okay. No, the reason I was calling tonight is because at work we that the view is on the TV, you know. So I'm making my coffee and uh, have my bagel and watching this thing. And I can understand why Whoopi Goldberg is so strange when you got to deal with someone like Joy Behar, who blames Trump, for example, for that's everything. Joy Behar, man, she is. Oh, gone. I can't handle her. It snows out. It's Trump's fault. It rains. It's Trump's fault. Well, you know, you I mean, cut just... her a break, Robert. She thinks orgasm is next to Pluto. <laughs> right, thank thank you, you very much. I appreciate it very much. Thank you, Jeff. Parts unknown. Hi, Jeff. Oh, hey, Sean. Hey, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have much uh, good thoughts for uh, and I really don't watch the View. But I was listening to uh, your the news right after your six o'clock hour uh-huh. about how uh, uh, pre- um, Pfizer's all excited about having a vaccine for babies, <laughs> and I'm just uh, I'm amazed that they are pushing this and adults are pushing this because the infection fatality rate for kids we all know by the CDC is like point zero zero two percent. So fact, I can't even believe they're actually talking about this. You know, I have to tell you something, you handsome son of a gun. I don't know if you're handsome. I'm just guessing. Uh, you just uh, brought up something that I wanted to talk about. This is from the Illinois Department of Public Health. Age group 17 to 0. Do you know how many deaths there were because of COVID? 17 to 0. You know how many deaths? Zero. Yeah, I can't imagine. Zero. Zero. Yeah. There were zero. Zero. Why are you giving it to the babies? You know how many deaths between 18 and 64? 346. Uh, a small number again, yeah. A very the small deaths, percentage. Primary, the, the, the deaths are above age 65. And then they are yeah. above the, the, the Whoopi Goldberg Pritzker <clears throat> belt size, where you're in that 54-inch range, because 80% exactly. of them are morbidly obese. But, you know, this uh, flu, I think, was brought to me by Pfizer. Thank you very much. I think pretty much everything else is brought to me by Pfizer. It's brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. Bonnie, did anybody talk about the uh, on the news today about the 2009 investment by Pfizer to put a research and development lab in Wuhan, China? Anybody talk about that? No, nobody talked about that. Is it on CNN right now as we speak? No, no not on CNN. How about MSNBC? No, no, no not CNN. How about uh, C-SPAN? Wrong. How are we going to get How are we going to get this? How are we going to? No, no, no. The one thing that's not brought to you by Pfizer is the Sean Thompson Show. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday oh, night God. on Aaron Burnett Out Front. Brought to you by Pfizer. I like that they named her show Out Front. Aaron Burnett, get it? Out front? It must have been before all that politically correct stuff. You know, when Harris became real popular in Willie Brown's office? She's qualified, all right, and the best lunch date politics has to offer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you. You know, maybe if we sent Kamala Harris to negotiate with, like, Vladimir Putin, I hear he's distracted by ladies who like to dance and good lunch dates. How could you not love her? There she is, our vice president. I mean, I think all of this is better than playing the Whoopi Goldberg clip, don't you? 
All right, Bunny. I know it's relative. I know every show's playing it. You know how I hate to do what everyone else is doing. After all, if Whoopi Goldberg tells you to take a vaccine, there you go. Would you take it? Well, also, if you're going to do this, then let's be truthful about it, because the Holocaust isn't about race. No. No. Oh, there's there's a there's there's millions of Jewish people that beg to differ with you. It's well, not about maybe race. It is. No, it's Jews about a different it, race. But it's it's well. Listen, if they're rewriting American history, why not rewrite Nazi history? I mean, after all, they're the Fourth Reich. They should be sticking up for the Third Reich. After all, this is nothing uncommon. If you live in the ghettos of the Democrat Party, there's man's inhumanity to man constantly. It's just over drug money. This case has nothing to do with race. Just listen to Whoopi. Whoopi. Not about race. No. It's not about well, race. What is it about? Because you, it's about man's inhumanity to man. Oh, there you go, you Jewish fellas. Get over it already. Man's inhumanity to man. Has nothing to do with uh, the hatred of your race, of your religion, the absolute anti-Semitism. Nothing to do with that. Hitler was just mean. He was mean to everybody. Forget about Mein Kampf. Forget about all the accusations of you being uh, 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 capitalists and independent people who were destroying Germany. And your whole race was the problem with Germany. That had nothing to do with it. And forget those yellow stars. He put that on you just because he wanted to say hello. He wanted to know your name. It's like New York, just getting to know everybody by the first name. That's what it's about. But it's about white supremacy. It's well, about but it's not, it's not about... It's about white supremacy. It's about socialist supremacy. See, the Nazis were socialists like you. Oh, they were. Sure, they were better dressed, you know, the Hugo Boss. But they were socialists just like you. It's, it's but these are two Roma. white groups of people. Well, how do we have to black they people see them as white people? And they, but they you're missing the point. You're yeah. missing the point. Yeah. The minute you turn it into race, it goes down. This is like a Starbucks you never want to go in. This is what it's like when a bunch of morons get talking. This is what it's like. The good news is they're not writing policy. They're just influencing it. This alley. Let's talk about it for what it is. It's how people treat each other. It's a problem. It doesn't matter if you're black or white, because black, white, Jews, uh, Ita- everybody eats each other. So is What's it- wrong with the Italians? Why didn't you finish the Italian war? Did you know that in this country, Italians were not considered Caucasoids until 1965? Did you know that? It's, if you're uncomfortable, if you hear about mouse, should you be worried? Should, should your child say, oh, my God, I, I wonder if that's me? No, that's not what they're going to say. They're going to say, I... That's them playing the music to shut that eyebrowless bimbo up. Shut up, fat soda sandwiches in the back. Hopefully she'll get fired for this. Do it again. I want to hear him. Do it again. You're fired. There we go. I needed to hear that. Lisa and Itasca. Hi. I just wanted to say... Um, how um, they're pushing now the six-month-old, or they're thinking about doing the six-month-old, the vaccination. Uh-huh. It's funny because Pfizer is trying to uphold or try to slow down the information on the vaccination. So now all of a sudden they're pushing the six-month-old because they know once this information comes out, they're probably going to, you know, lose In the, fact, I'm going to offer to get Ron Johnson to talk about his five hours where he had people testify to all kinds of adverse effects and all kinds of things that went wrong, and nobody's picking it up. I'd like to get him. Hopefully we'll get him next week. But before I let you go, Lisa, do you have eyebrows? Yes, I do. You sure? I mean, they're a good eyebrow, right? You're not shaving it. 
and walking around like some freak no, in the no, future. No shaving. No right, shaving, very no. Very good. Lisa with the eyebrows. Okay. It's nice to know there's women out there with eyebrows. <laughs> I feel much better about the day. 312-642-5600. Only people with eyebrows can call my show after this. AM560, the answer. Here's a little 80s. Right? This is the 80s, if I'm not mistaken. That's like mid to early 80s. Yeah, that's when you could have songs in it that said, I'm down with the ladies. You can't say that now. No. Got to be down with all kinds of freaks. Ralph in his bunker calling quietly. Hi, Ralph. Sean, how are you? Hey, I wanted to let you know that my wife has a friend who recently informed her that she's getting her eye makeup tattooed onto her face. Ooh, I don't know how I feel about tattoos. Is it going to be something, like, curious where they're really upward, like she always looks like she's shocked? Because I wouldn't be offended with that. I'd find that funny. Surprised or, who knows, clownish? I don't yeah. know if it comes with one of those red rubber noses. Ralph, um, you know who likes but, women uh, without eyebrows? Ted Danson. Uh, you remember Whoopi? that? You Ted Danson. You remember that cringe relationship when Ted and Whoopi were an item? And everyone was yeah, out. I think he must have been on the trial for Viagra and Cialis. That and maybe um, maybe he was going through some sort of drug with withdrawal treatment or something. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'll tell you, I look at him a little differently now when he's at curb. Thank you, Ralph. I appreciate it in the bunker. Good luck with the tattooed eyebrows. David in Lansing to completely destroy the flow of the show. Hi, David. Uh, uh, hey, Sean. I'm, I'm a bit upset because last time I called in... Someone on your crew gave me chipmunk voice, and I wasn't ready with my Elvin lyrics, you know, and I'm not going to ever do it, I'm telling That's you. That's all right. You've got the Maybe. kind of voice that needs a prop. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I was listening to AM780 up the dial, and uh, I don't suggest going there because I heard this a few times. This segment of the news brought to you by Pfizer. Now, you know, to your listeners, I want to warn them that if the news is brought to you by Pfizer and the news every hour is about vaccines. Guess what the news is going to say about Pfizer? Oh yeah, you know they own the 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 Democrat media. They own the Democrat politician. They own this country. This country is owned by Pfizer. And th- listen, yeah. you knew we were in a, in in for trouble when they pretended to be upset about about OxyContin, and they gave them that phony baloney fine which they paid with their new vaccine money, among other atrocities. Why else do you think they're steering every single dollar to, what, three companies? And really, aren't all three companies primarily owned by the same sorts of entity? And that news station station gets a CBS news feed, and there's a parent company that of that CBS that can be bought and sold on the stock market. Just, just Well, the good news is, David, they're spending some of that money on the lunches and sandwiches that feed Whoopi. After all, how else could you make an excuse for this kind of ignorance? This prime yeah, example. Fat lard, come get some dinner. That's exactly right. This prime example of everything wrong in society. The whoopies of the world. The people who speak with authority from positions that used to have integrity about something they know nothing about as they rewrite history in order to steal the future. I don't want to be like that. Well, hopefully. I want to be cruel. Yeah. And in most kids, kids, they don't want to be cruel. No, they don't. And we're living in a, you know, we're living in an era. But explain the kids in the Democrat sewers. You know, the ones that are shooting everybody. Do they want to be cruel or are they racist or are they simply just products of your failure? Democrat moron. Why anybody would listen to these idiots is beyond me.
But I do know why they they get the airtime, and I do want, know why they drive around in much better cars than half of the society that actually works. You buy Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. You know who else is brought to you by Pfizer? Dimwit in diapers. There's always a renewed national debate every time we uh, nominate any president nominates a justice because the Constitution is always evolving slightly uh, in terms of additional rights. Or- so when all of you idiots, all of you Democrat idiots, never Trumpers, pseudo-intellectual fraud libertarians, when you voted for Biden, either passively or aggressively, did you know? That he thought the Constitution was forever changing so that we had to taper some of your rights. Curtailing rights, etc., and it's always an issue. Oh, curtailing. That's like tapering, only it's worse. And before you know it, you'll end up with absolutely no rights, and you'll end up accepting a congressman's wife as a very important position on the Fed. Um, so on the Federal Reserve nominees, um, the Federal Reserve maintains its independence. Um, one of the picks, uh, Sarah Bloom Raskin, is the wife of Representative Jamie Raskin, as you know, that's all right put her on the fed what else is missing and what's going on in russia oh don't worry we'll buy your interpretation i thank the representative of the united states i give the floor to the representative of the russian federation who has asked for the floor to make uh, further thank you madam president i didn't plan to enter a dialogue between Russia and the U.S. in this meeting. Everything that we wanted to say is in our statement today. However, we really just don't understand what threats and provocations and escalation by Russia is being talked about. Okay, fine. You've already said about this in your statement, talked about this. But I want to say that when I heard the statement of the U.S., I didn't hear any mention or any reference to the Minsk agreements. You know, the Minsk agreements. Don't worry about it. We'll buy the Pentagon's version. I'll be back in 21 hours.